Staying in Contact. I'm London Mitchell. Just because we are receiving a government service or financial support today does not mean it could not be taken away. That's the concern of individuals with disabilities who receive home and community-based services through Medicaid. An Ohio Legislative Select Committee is in the process of evaluating the protection people with disabilities receive that relates to community living rather than institutional living. This is happening through an evaluation of Disability Rights Ohio. Advocates for people with disabilities are urging personal stories be sent immediately to members of that select committee. My guest in this installment is Katie Hunt-Thomas at the Ability Center, who explains for us what Disability Rights Ohio is. Disability Rights Ohio is a nonprofit law firm um, and public policy organization in Columbus, but it serves everyone with disabilities in the state. Um, so one of their main um, designations from Congress is actually to um, ensure that the state is meeting its obligations um, under the law. So under the Americans with Disabilities Act and under um, the, the U.S. Supreme Court decision of Olmstead v. LC um, that requires the state to uh, provide community-based services for folks with disabilities. And a couple of years ago, um, there was a group of folks um, that got somewhat angry at DRO um, and um, they got our General Assembly um, to pass a provision in the budget bill to establish a committee to, to review Disability Rights Ohio and their function in the state. Um, so that has come to play um, more recently. The committee is called the Joint Committee to Examine the State's Protection and Advocacy System. And they had two meetings, November 1st and November 15th. Um, and um, it's a little too late to submit testimony, but if folks um, want to, um, they can always contact the members of the committee um, to talk about the importance of community-based services. Now let's, let's talk a little bit about community-based services for people with disabilities as opposed to institutional settings. What, what's the difference here? So when we talk about institutional settings, um, we're talking about uh, large congregate care facilities. Um, so uh, usually, usually it would be like um, 20 or more beds um, where folks with disabilities are treated uh, or live, um, live their lives out in those settings um, and are cared for on site. Um, as opposed to being able to live more independently in a smaller um, setting, like a smaller ICF or group home, um, or in their own home um, with services um, at their home. Uh, so it's a difference between living in a large um, institutional congregate care facility and then, or living in a smaller, more community-based setting. Um, obviously, there's a range um, of uh, of um, of services available to folks, and uh, every person has to determine their least restrictive setting. Um, but um, but what we're concerned about with this committee um, is that they're going to make some sort of recommendation to the state um, to actually reduce community-based services. Um, so there's been this kind of in because it's so political. There's been this framework that we're looking at. Um, Ohio either um, moving um, 
moving resources out of institutions and into the community and it's a one or the other type um, thing. Um, and that's just not the case. Um, you know, part of the reason that Disability Rights Ohio exists is to, to just make sure um, that Ohio has enough community-based services for those who choose to live in a smaller setting um, and want to receive services in the home. Traditionally, the way things have been set up is that all of our resources have gone into institutions and um, there has not been enough in the community for folks who choose to live that way. But I would assume, and, and I think I'm assuming in the right direction, we would all, whether we have a disability or not, want to live in uh, the, the community and have less restrictions upon upon us. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't speak on behalf of each individual, but um, my um, my experience, having been in my position for eight years, um, is that most folks want to live in the community in a smaller setting and a place where they have a lot of access to community services, where they have the freedom to come and go. You know, um, some institutional settings have um, visiting hours or, um, or uh, you know, specific times when folks are able to go outside or come inside. Um, I Like, uh, my experience has been that most folks would prefer to live in the community. And I can tell you... Um, that just factually, um, the way our systems have been set up, traditionally more resources have gone into institutions, um, which is why part of the reason that our um, federal government set up the system of protection and advocacy organizations, so that if somebody chooses to live in the community, um, that there's someone out there um, who's, who's providing legal services to ensure that the state has enough resources available um, for, uh, for somebody to do that. I can't imagine that there would be uh, a lot of opposition to somebody being able to live uh, where they choose, but apparently there is some pushback. Uh, yes. Uh, and that's something that we've seen across the country. Um, I think uh, because there, since the Olmstead decision was decided in 1999, um, there's been a lot of push um, for states to make more community-based services available and more community-based settings available. Um, I think that I think that what we're seeing, just being honest, is um, that um, generally there aren't enough resources put towards supporting folks with disabilities generally, um, and so uh, by the state. And so when um, when people uh, are receiving services in a certain setting, um, and then they hear that there's being there that things are that someone's pushing the state to provide. To, to shift some resources into a smaller setting, there's just a fear of losing resources. Um, my my sense is that um, is that really what pushback comes from is sort of a fear of change and also a fear of just losing support um, because it's I can tell you um, based on again my position and what I do um, based on Disability Rights Ohio's position and what they do, it can be a very hard push to get the state to provide enough resources for folks with disabilities um, in the community or elsewhere. So um, I think when um, I think a lot of the push, my guess would be that a lot of the pushback is just coming from a fear of losing resources um, and uh, and this kind of fear of the shift or a change in how those are provided. 
You know, I think a lot of people don't understand. When I say a lot of people, I really mean a lot of politicians, uh, elected officials, really don't understand the uh, the the strength that the disabilities community can have at at the ballot box if it becomes united. Uh, for example, you know, only, you not only have people with disabilities that can vote, but you have family members, friends, and I often feel that that group that we uh, aren't necessarily in the uh, the information flow from what's going on in Columbus to to really uh, get us in the know so that we can become more united, more active. Yeah. I mean, so that's, um, that's a really good point. I think that us, especially here in, North, in Northwest Ohio, not being in Columbus, um, often it is difficult to get information and know what's going on. Um, the Ability Center here in Northwest Ohio is a very great resource for that. We try to get out information um, about what's happening at a state level. Um, I think um, Disability Rights Ohio is also a great resource. Um, that's part of their job um, is to ensure that folks with disabilities have the information um, to have an effect um, on what's going on at a state level. Um, so they have a policy arm um, that sends out alerts and that sort of thing. Um, but I do think uh, I do think that it can be difficult um, to to monitor what's happening. Um, the other thing that happens is things like this um, are very technical um, and can, kind of complicated, um, and it can be difficult to understand all the nuances. And that you sort of need sometimes you need a policy person or or even a lawyer to translate um, some of what's going on. Um, uh, I think I think that's definitely true. Um, especially when it involves the state Medicaid system, uh, you know, this uh, push and battle between institutional versus community-based services, um, that's a Medicaid issue. Um, where Where's the Medicaid funding going? Um, uh, and, you know, part of the, the barrier that comes into play is that um, federal funding provides for care institutions, but we need state funding to help provide community-based services. Um, you know, there are lots of subtleties, lots of technicalities that kind of need to be translated as well. Um, but I think um, definitely folks with disabilities have the ability to vote, um, uh, to contact their legislators. Um, you know, if they, right now, um, we have a committee that was designed um, to review the, you know, a state protection organization for folks with disabilities. Um, and potentially they're going to be issuing a report. I think our biggest fear is that that report might um, be negative um, towards putting funding into community-based services. And it's always difficult to get our state to fund community-based services. Um, so I, the reason that we're calling for folks to submit testimony is that the majority of people that I know um, rely on those um, for support. So rely on, you know, waivers, um, home and community-based services waivers or, Medi or Medicaid funding that can go in the home. Um, and I would hate to see those resources cut um, or damaged in any way. Um, it's really a key part of ensuring community access for many folks with disabilities. Um, so the reason that we have been calling for people to contact this committee um, is that they need to hear those stories. 
um, you know, it's good for them to hear a wide spectrum of, uh, of testimony. But when, if people don't know that community services might potentially be in danger, um, then they're not going to, the committee isn't going to hear from them. Um, so it's important for that committee to hear from folks who live in Ohio um, who who want to maintain community-based services or are having are struggling to get enough support um, so that they they get a full picture of what's going on. I'm going to post uh, the list of the uh, committee members on my webpage, LondonMitchell.news. But what is it that we should put in our letters to the uh, legislators that that would make them? strong and and meaningful um it's important for folks to contact the committee members um, to let them know um, that they support disability rights ohio and its mission um uh, if there's a personal story about how diara worked with you that would be helpful um but also um that uh community-based services are important to them um and that they don't want to see any money taken away um, from community-based services. Um, and if there's a personal story, personal stories are very effective um, because generally state legislators really do um, want to represent uh, individuals in Ohio um, and they want to hear what people are experiencing. So um, if you um, have a personal story about how home and community-based services, so like a waiver um, or receiving some supports in the home have benefited you, um, that would be beneficial, or even um, if you've had trouble getting enough supports, um, struggles finding, you know, a, an independent care provider, um, someone to help you in the home, um, or um, getting durable medical equipment, or whatever it is, um, but would like to be provided with those in the home. Um, that that those would also be very powerful personal stories. I want to thank you, Katie, for some insightful commentary. It is very important that individuals with disabilities and their families know what is going on in Columbus. Um, well, Lon, I I just really appreciate your interest in this issue. Like you said, it's um it, these can be difficult issues, uh, complicated issues to sort of understand, uh, but it's really really important. Uh, that our legislators hear from us um, and um, that they hear about people's personal experience and don't get caught up in some sort of political circus, uh, to be frank. Um, home and community-based services are really important um, for folks with disabilities in Ohio, and, and you know they need to know that. Um, I think hearing from us is really a powerful, uh, is really a powerful thing. Um, so, I appreciate you letting us talk about this issue and having me on. Katie Hunt-Thomas is Disability Rights Attorney and Director of Advocacy at the Ability Center of Greater Toledo. I have contact information for the Select Committee and some guidance on letter writing on my website, LondonMitchell.News. Please join us again next week, staying in contact.